Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. I'm Teddy Draper, sports broadcaster in the UK. In a couple of moments, we'll get to a fascinating conversation with health and fitness specialist Luke Turner, a man who's run, run many a marathon in the past couple of years, but a personal trainer, personal trainer, educator and gym owner as well. Really compelling conversations, just uh, feeding up after going through a huge body transformation of his own, which you can see on his YouTube page. We'll talk about that. But thank you first and foremost for being here. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serena V in the courtyard in Montpellier. Beautiful place, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands and home installations as well. You can look online for Serena V or go into their store in Montpellier in Cheltenham in the west of England and check out what they have to offer. Speak to Jason Briggs, the main man there. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, remember the association the podcast has with fine food-based supplement company Cytoplan. My old man, Dr. Mark Draper, has worked as a consultant with Cytoplan as well, and we've been taking them for 20-plus years as a family. If you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and go to checkout, the code you need for 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing, is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. If you're looking for some new shoes, remember the association the podcast has with Herring Shoes, a fine British company going back to 1966. You go to herringshoes.co.uk, you get 10% off with the code TED10, T-E-D, my name, or first part of my name, all capital letters, and then the numerals one zero. And do you ever think about regretting not documenting a loved one's voice on tape, their story, their anecdotes, just the personality, capturing that, well, that's something that we're looking to remedy, really, give people an option to do so. Me using 20 plus years of, of conversation experience with people, interviewing experience as a presenter and a broadcast journalist. And it's through the vehicle that I started with my wife in lockdown, Attic Box Audio, which you can find out more about at drapermedia.co.uk, which is basically me sitting down with members of the public for 20 minutes, uh, for two hours, sorry, usually we can do it shorter as well for more of a snapshot, but lots of options available, Attic Box Audio co.uk or you can get there via drapermedia.co.uk okay on to the podcast great conversation with a london-based gym owner luke turner as well and all his various escapades as well as being a dad impressive guy busy guy here he is the one and only luke turner luke turner welcome to the sport and life podcast how are you thanks for coming on thanks teddy thanks for having me yeah i'm very well thanks how are you yourself I'm well, thank you. And I, it's good to, to see you. You mentioned you've got a couple of babies at home at the moment. How's how's life? Yeah, yeah. So um, I had my daughter last year, Matilda. She's come up to a, well, nearly a year old now. Um, but a friend of my partner's has brought her daughter over who's just, I think she's a year and a half. So it's, it's carnage at home. So <laughs> trying to find uh, somewhere to actually do this podcast and be able to speak to you with peace and quiet rather than like, screaming babies around. But yeah, no, life's great, mate. No, it's good to, good to speak to you. I think you, you always make people like us feel uh, less less productive because in the midst of having a becoming a dad and everything, you've obviously done this this body challenge as well that's that's come through. Talk talk yeah. about that because it's pretty epic. The the results are on your YouTube channel, which you know you you look carved from granite for for the, for the final <laughs> the final shot. But uh, yeah, I look great. Challenge I, with I, the... great. I didn't feel great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one because a couple of long story short, back at the back of COVID. Um, I felt like I was lacking like a personal challenge, obviously with business and 
with life in general, there's, you always have your own challenges. But I wanted to so have something that I could focus on outside of business and, and growing something and, and grow myself a little bit more. And I felt I was probably a bit too comfortable. So one day I just went, I'm going to go and run a marathon tomorrow. And I did that. <laughs> and, you know, two years later, I'm then going through a body transformation. But a couple long story short, the, the body transformation was inspired by um, the, the, the lady, Frankie, who actually films all the content for YouTube, a really good friend of mine. She also works here at T2 Fit and she's the content creator for my YouTube page. She did a shoot last year and I was, my challenge last year was 12 marathons in 12 months. So one a month and I couldn't commit to it then. And when I saw her shoot, I was like, that's my next challenge. And um, I basically reached out to Cass, who's our head coach here. And I said, can you help me out? I need to, I need some support. <laughs> I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to coach me through this process. Cause I I'd helped clients, hundreds of clients over the past 10 years have been in, in the industry transform their physiques, but I'd never been through the process myself. I've always just been in good shape. I've always liked mm. to eat good food, but this just takes it to the extreme because we're stripping things right back for a long period of time. So for five months, I went through an extreme calorie deficit and um, the end products was a photo shoot um, to kind of have, and the photo shoot, you know what? It wasn't really me. It's not, it's not really me. I just wanted, I knew I'd be disappointed if I didn't do it and have anything to physically have and look at and go, that's the physique I, I bought. Um, I don't think I'll ever do it again, but <laughs> anyone listening to this right now and thinking about doing it, highly recommend it because it, you learn a lot about yourself. How did you define the parameters of the transformation? Because obviously, like you say, you were in good shape. What, what, where were you and what were you trying to get to? So we basically in September of 2022, we started a priming phase, which is essentially around trying to gain as much muscle as possible. Um, normally, a lot of people do that between an eight to 12 month period of time. I wanted to still stay pretty athletic. So I went through it till the end of December. So mm. um, the 1st of January 2023 of this year, um, that's when we started to cut things right back. So I got to 92 kilos as my at my heaviest. And my lowest was, I think it was 70... 78 i haven't stepped on the scale for a while I know. <laughs> no it was 70 i think it was 75 that's a big 17 kilogram cut wow that's a big yeah cut. yeah 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 it was a big drop and um it was interesting because the last few weeks is where we really started to ramp things up and that was probably the most challenging because also with that came more social events we had the king's coronation like <laughs> the day before the shoot so being around family and um it's a very selfish thing to do i've said that to a lot of people it's it's something where you can't you can't be, you know, trying to please others within this process. It's all around. You have to bring the best physique. You've yeah. got to say no to every social event or you've got to be like, can you come over to mine and I'll cook you food and I'll have my own thing. Um, so it's it's really not a, a healthy way of living. But um, in terms of that discipline, it really just shows you how much you can do and what you can do with it with a short space of time as well. That selfishness thing's fascinating, isn't it? Because that's a big thread, particularly when you become a parent and things like that. It's like how much self-care is is important and how much becomes kind of you know, kind of self-involved rather than virtuous. It's a it's a tricky balance that, isn't it? Particularly like you say, almost socially. I remember I had a friend who was actually he was living a vegetarian lifestyle, but had this open-minded approach, whereas he went to someone's house and they'd cook meat, he'd just eat it. And it was almost like that wow. kind of lack of sort of tribalism in a sense that he sort of had that flexibility. But it is difficult, isn't it, when you're when you're trying to mix with people and, and live a certain way? It really is. And, and a lot of people have their opinions on it. You know, it's it's um it's a difficult one to juggle when you're working with family and friends who, you know, don't understand the process or why you're doing it. And it's like you look it towards the end. I don't get me wrong. I didn't look great in terms of I was very slim and gaunt. And mm. although I saw my top of and I look quite chiseled and ripped, um, a lot of family who obviously know what you look like when you look healthy. They they worry about you and they're like, you know, yeah. 
it's healthy it's like no it isn't healthy but you know i'm not <laughs> the point of this isn't to be healthy it's to get shredded get ripped and then off the back of that because the, the transformations we put all of our clients through here at t2 fit is around like a long-term sustainable approach so even when they get into a really good condition it's it's not really affected too much of their lifestyle mm. whereas mine was past that point it's the extreme of you know, a short space of time, get as ripped as possible. And you're going to balloon afterwards. I wanted to get back to my 85 to 90 kilo mark because that's where yeah. I felt best really. Um, so a lot of people, you know, say, oh, I bloomed up after going through this sort of process. And it's it's because you lose all the habits that you had before. You don't walk as much. You're not training as much. <laughs> you're not um, eating as you normally were. You're not drinking as much water, maybe a bit more caffeine and alcohol is involved. So it's all those little habits that sneak back in, which is why we balloon back up and go back to where we we should be really how did you know where you wanted to be at the end of the shoot was it body fat percentage was it like biceps a certain size what was the the, the goal the parameters were you measuring things yeah it, it's, it's a good question it was all body weight so every day weighing in where was i at we, we were looking for a two pound decrease the goal was actually to get to um late 70s and then when yeah. we got to like the four week out mark it was like we could push this a little bit further and i remember cass saying to me it really really like inspired me he said we haven't come this far to get just this far let's go let's see where we can get to instead of you know <laughs> it's nice of her to say yeah <laughs> yeah yeah instead of instead of looking and going yeah i look pretty good let's just kind of maintain this it's like let's just strip it back a little bit further um lose a bit uh, uh, drop a little bit more body fat drop the calories um and that was probably the most challenging part. Because like I said, that King's coronation, never forget going to my mum's and uh, my mum and dad's and them hosting and there's a big party and trying to trying to be sociable when you're in that sort of deficit. It's, it's really challenging. It's yeah, it, it, trying to engage with the conversation can be tough. So that's what I really struggled with. Um, so it's nice to have my freedom back. <laughs> I bet. What was your body fat percentage down to? Do you know? You know what? I couldn't tell you. It was definitely single digits because I did it five weeks out and I was at 10%. So yeah. I would say anywhere between five to six percent. Uh, I was gutted I didn't do it. We've got a body composition reading here, but uh, I just never. I, I think because I was more, we were gauging it more on body weight. I never looked yeah. at that so much. Um, but I, yeah, if I could do any, if I could go back and do anything again, it would be to do a reading of where I was at. You, you've been in the fitness industry for a long time. How illuminating was that to our definition of of healthy and, and what we see in the marketplace? Don't we? Because we, we live in a strange yeah. world where. In the UK, so many people are overweight, huge percentage, probably a majority. Then you've got obesity at, at high numbers. But then you've got yeah. the extreme opposite, particularly now with the advent of the internet and social media of, of yeah, people, yeah. like you say, almost looking like you were, but after that huge cut and presenting that as a, a kind of a gold standard, whereas you're saying it's you were suffering at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's that, you know, that that just going over the line a little bit too far for like everyday people. We, we talk about here unlocking people's full potential, everyday people, people who work, have families, who want to still enjoy a good quality of life, go out social and have social events, not bring a Tupperware to a, you know, a pub lunch <laughs> on a Sunday to actually enjoy themselves. But I think if we look at somebody like somebody who wants to drop some body fat and wants to just feel more confident, feel better in their clothes, we can do that really simply and, and actually have that as something that's part of their lifestyle and that isn't too drastic. Um, mm. But if you're wanting to lose a lot of weight in a short space of time, then those, those measures are going to be more drastic. So I think it really comes down to asking the question, what, why are you doing this? And we kind of start that whole process when somebody joins us here at the gym. It's, you know, what's the why behind this? What, what would success look like in 90 days time? And generally it's not to have abs. It's not to, you know, um, lift 100 kilos. 
it's just to feel more confident. It's to feel better in themselves, have more energy, sleep better, be a better leader within their team or as a, fa as a father, as a, as a mother, whatever that may be. I think a lot of people, when you deep dive into it, um, no one's looking to get on stage and, and do this whole process. So it's a it's an interesting question, actually, and especially with the likes of social media around. Um, mm. Sometimes get sucked into think, thinking that's what we should look like or how did that person get like that? I need to yeah. take my physique to that level. And I, I think, yeah, if, if it inspires you and that's kind of aspiration you have to get into that physique, then I definitely I definitely think start to consume some things on YouTube. That's why I create the channel, actually, is to educate people and be really honest and transparent about the experiences I found. I just re released a video last week about the four biggest uh, struggles I faced when going through that transformation. Because mm. it's important that people know and don't look and go, oh, that looked that looked great. I don't want to tell. Yeah, it was fan fantastic. I felt great. Because what really were the struggles? I don't, don't want to give away. We can watch the video as well. What's the, yeah, the biggest? The biggest yeah. struggles. Um, the freedom being diminished was one of them, because I I didn't realize I went. You know, I went to Vegas at the beginning of the year. I went to Abu Dhabi. Um, and when I came back from Vegas, it was like right, no more social events, no more eating out with your me, me and my partner and my daughters. We love eating out and going and mm. trying different places. So not having that was really difficult um because also she was suffering yeah you know it's it, like i said it's a selfish thing but mm. thankfully i've got a really supportive family a really supportive partner so um she was a along the journey with me she probably actually saw some changes in her body because we were eating the same thing <laughs> um so yeah it was it was it was definitely a challenge but like i said going through that process was one of the best things i've ever done because when you get to the end of it um you realize all the sacrifices you've made and the discipline that it's taken and and the pain of having that first meal um, we went to Hawksmoor after it and did it you? Was, honestly some steak. of the best things I've ever had yeah incredible what did you have big just big steak and you know what I had so we had scallops and bone marrow to start and then I had a ribeye steak with every side you could imagine <laughs> chips I had mac and cheese the creamy spinach wow. and I did, did you have that. room in your stomach for it or was you start, had your stomach shrunk yeah but you know what I thought after I've had to start it I'm going to be stuffed here but I was yeah couldn't stop and you know what teddy no joke for for a week i was out of control really and, yeah and that's the other thing you're like you're starved almost your body was like kind of feasting like, yeah anyone put anything in front of me it was gone like amy uh who works here at the gym she bought me over some Krispy Kreme donuts she bought over six and i just they just had to all go i was like <laughs> i've got to eat all i don't know what it was but uh, after that first week i kind of felt like right i need to get my act together here because I don't, I, not just physically, but I just didn't feel great. Um, yeah. the, just like the sugar spikes, not, not, not having that sort of food for a long period of time. I really enjoy eating well and feeling good. And I've always been the same when I go on holiday after a week, I'm ready to get back and eat <laughs> normal food. How, how did you, crazy. how did you, how did you feel at the end of the transformation, like physically? Cause I'm guessing you're a guy that's always been really fit. You've always had great energy and potential. What was yeah. your performance like in the gym and how did you feel energy wise? Yeah. Towards the end of the shoot, the, the performance really dropped and, you know, weights were decreasing. So that could, that can knock your confidence a little bit where it's like, ah, oh, but I knew it was only temporary. And I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who have been through the process and I, I kind of was expecting that. Um, you just feel quite flat. Like coming in, I just felt quite weak and, you know, mm. not very energized. But as soon as I got my act together after the week of me finishing the shoot and I started to eat better, it was great getting back into the gym. I was starting to feel like myself again. But what was challenging was to, I, I train at half four in the morning, first thing. So <laughs> I, kind of, I found it harder to get up and do those 4.30 weight workouts because ah. I wasn't following a program. And I think to anyone watching this who who might go through that process of, it's a bit like athletes, you know, they win the Champions League or they win the Premier League or Man City, they've just won the treble. What yeah. are they then going to wake up and the next day and go, 
you know, they need to have something mm. ready for them to no, go well, I wonder if your muscle glycogen and stuff was low, was it? Because you're depleting that, maybe less calories that you, you weren't waking up with that pop in your, your muscles when you went to the gym. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I think I th I've always said you need something off of the back of a win to get another win under your belt, whether that's in life, in business, with like physical, mental challenges. There needs to be something because for a lot of like, for I think I listened to a podcast with Johnny Wilkinson, actually, and he was talking oh, cool. about depression. And I think it was on the High Performance Podcast about two or three years ago. And he was talking about how, um, you know, winning the World Cup, what that means, but the low you have the next day, because it's suddenly like, right, I need to, what am I going to do now? I've done, I've, I've done what I've, for 20 <laughs> years of my life trying to win the World Cup and I've done it. What, like, what's that feeling like? You've completed yeah. what you were set out to do. What, what are you going to do next to kind of get another challenge under your belt? And that's what started two years ago when I, when I began my first marathon, I then did a hundred K I then booked in the 12 marathons over 12 months. I then did the photo shoot. So I've always got something ahead of me where I'm like, right, done that. Great. Celebrate the win. Let's look look at the next one. Do you think we need that? Or can we sort of reach a sort of, I guess, I know maintenance is frowned upon in the in the PT yeah. world, but like a, a life maintenance where you just feel kind of happy and balanced with, with what you're doing. I think it's relative to the individual. I, mm. I know for me, I figured out what works and I can be somebody who can, who can be quite lazy. So if I don't have those things, I can fall into that trap of just being quite comfortable. And then six months later, I'm like, right, I need to snap out of this. <laughs> Whereas I think, I think it would benefit a lot of people. However, yeah. I do think a lot of people have that narrative of I'm going to take it easy. I've done this now. And they also have other people around them who say, you know, well done. You need to stop and, you know, celebrate and take notes. <laughs> and, and although I think that's important. I do think that's also a dangerous, just because what I've seen in the past with people who have gone yeah. through the journey, like when, when, whenever we've done any kind of transformation, we, we're actually finishing a, what we call a total body transformation here at the gym. We're one week away from finishing and it's a case of, right, guys, this is what's next. Because we know that the slipperiest of slopes is when you finish on a, on a real high and then it's like, right, I've gone on holiday yeah, scenes and habits are now out the window, and I'm back to square one in three months' time. What was the point of going do, do, process? Do you complete your kind of transformation with a period of plateauing where they know what they need to eat to keep the body as it is? Yeah. Because you're obviously losing weight, but the problem is then if you suddenly stop, then what do you need to to maintain that? Yeah, yeah. I think it's we 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 meet everybody where they're at. So, for example, we've got 24 people in uh, TBT, total body transformation. So we have individual conversations about where they're going next. So some people are going on a holiday. So it'd be like, okay, this is what the plan is. And when you come back, you're going to stay on maintenance calories or um, because really 12 weeks for a fat loss phase is like optimal mm. for engagement, for results, things don't slow down. Whereas if we start to take that period of time a bit longer, it, we can start actually, it can be counterproductive. So the gap and the break is actually a good thing. But I think mentally having that, okay, in two weeks time, I'm back on it is a case of, um, really it's, it, it motivates people and wakes them up in the morning to go right this is what I'm going after it's revealing to you to talk about that state of how you felt towards the end of the transformation because it makes me think and I mentioned to you before we started recording that I've covered a fair bit of boxing and MMA and yeah. spoken to fighters and to think that 24 hours before a gladiatorial contest these guys often boil themselves down to like an absolute shell of themselves it's quite amazing isn't it when you consider it how they how they do the weight cut Absolutely. I mean, the conversations you've had, you've had hundreds of conversations with these athletes. What What's their philosophy on it? So they are they the same where they're like the next thing? Or is it a case of I think that the, the big fear is that everyone else and it's a little bit different than boxing and MMA because the weight divisions tend to be closer. So maybe there's less big gaps. But I think sometimes in mixed martial arts, they get lost in the middle of a, a weight division. So they have to boil down to the one below. It could be 
10, 10 pounds or so or, or more below. But I think there the argument is that you're going to face in the ring or the cage someone who's bigger than you walking around because they've boiled down. So you want to do the same thing. I suppose the counter argument is from a sports science perspective is how depleted are you? Would you be better off going in closer to your walking around weight? And it's not walking around weight. This is their weight that you, you normal camp training, you know, that you'd be a high level camp in terms of intensity. What would be your weight? Then I find it yeah, baffling that it that it kind of happens and you do worry about the ramifications, not only performance wise reaching your potential, but obviously the health implications getting hit in the head and things like that with yeah, dehydration. Like in the cage, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, that, that's the reality of it. But it's an interesting motivation, that fear of being the smaller person in there. But then it's like being in there feeling terrible as well with a person the same size. You know size. what? I always find that interesting. I've never actually done enough research on it, how they actually feel. Because I was watching McGregor forever a few weeks ago mm. and seeing him literally passing out after he was cutting weight. And it's like, how are you feeling when you actually step into the ring? They always look energized. They always look good. So it's interesting yeah. to know yeah, go through after that point. Well, to- that- and that's the other component, isn't it? Is how genuine is it? Because you're weighing in 24 hours before, and then people are just swelling up, rehydrating. Like you said, getting on. The, get, maybe they're probably not eating Krispy Kremes, but they might be. You know, people consuming. I know Nathan Cleverly, the boxer, used to eat sort of do, you know rounds of pizza after he'd done his weigh in and stuff. Really? And, what before yeah. a fight as well? Yeah, yeah. So it's what like mean? kind of just feeling starved and wanting to load up on cheap, easy carbs, I guess, but not the most most healthy. But it's. Uh, yeah, you're famined, I suppose. You know, you get going to the feast afterwards. But it's yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I don't really know how you change the, the culture around it. But there are people who are really successful, like Carl Froch, former super middleweight world champion. He said he was about seven pounds heavier than super middleweight with just normal life. And then he'd train and he'd come down to super middleweight limit just through doing doing the camp. So I think that seems to me more of a kind of rational way of doing it. Yeah. Wow. I like it. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a different world, though, isn't it? Because it's that extreme mentality. I suppose you, you've delved into that a little bit with the marathons. What Tell us about yeah. 12 marathons in 12 yeah. months. Were you a, a long-distance person before that kind of cardio no, I, person? I hate, I hate running, if I'm honest. I hate running. I, I really dislike it. But I, I just one. I think it was Goggins. I was watching something on him. And I've, yeah. gone through, I've gone through a bit of a – at the back of COVID, it was a really difficult year that year, 2020. Just broken up a bit there, Luke. Holding a sec. Just poor. No props. Said difficult. Yeah, we just lost you momentarily, Luke. You said that um, you were back end of COVID difficult year. We picked up there. Hmm. Sorry, Teddy. Have you got me? Can you hear me, Luke? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's my signal. Actually, it's just come up um, unstable. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Yeah, it seems like we've got you. Apologies about that. No, no, we just cut you. We cut you off in your prime, but you were just talking about back end of COVID being a difficult year and and how yeah, you. Yeah, so COVID being a really difficult year, I was looking for something that could challenge me. And like I said to you at the beginning of the podcast, I, I felt quite comfortable. And I watched a video on Goggins, and it was like about being uncomfortable. I mean, you can't help watch the guy and go, <laughs> "Yeah, I need to do some more stuff." This is David Goggins, who I don't know whether he's healthy necessarily, but he's just no. a savage, isn't he? Yeah. He needs to get some more happiness in his life, I think. But, he, you know, he's ha- I think he's happy. But, you know, when you look at him, you think, what? where do you get pleasure? I guess he gets pleasure in pain. I guess. Yeah. That's, that's he's, a former, he's a former US military, isn't he? He's a Marine, I think. Was a, yeah. And he, he basically yeah. just, he runs ultramarathons all the time, but it's destroyed his knees and his joints. And he, he kind of screams at himself while he's running. He does. And he, he set the world record for the most amount of pull-ups in 24 hours and, just that what's great about him is he just talks so much about his failures 
mm. and how he gets back up again and tries again. You know, I think that if you read the book, Never Finished, I believe, um, mm. I think that's what it's called. That's his first book. And he talks about how many times he failed getting through um, SEAL training um, because of injuries or couldn't switch. It's just amazing how he actually eventually went through and got got into the military and and you know even his story about when he was severely overweight and how he listened to this advert on the telly and that was when he took action and shifted his whole perspective on life and and how he needed to find things that were uncomfortable so I, I did something very similar and when I did the marathon by the way I'd never prepared for the marathon never even thought about doing a marathon didn't take any water no food really and yeah it was it was it was got about to about 30k and I was like how am I going to finish this it was a dark place but you didn't train for it no, I didn't try. It was the day before. I, was, I literally put out on social media, I'm going to run a marathon tomorrow. And that's, <laughs> you know what, that that kind of, I've always, whenever I'm trying to do something a bit more challenging, I always just tell people. Because yeah. that's, my, that's my accountability. I, if I've said I'm going to do something, I'd hate to turn around and, and somebody go, how did you get on with that marathon? I go, oh yeah, I didn't do it. I didn't fancy so, was it. it an unofficial marathon? It wasn't yeah, I just went running. And, and where I am in, in Coolsden, there are a lot of hills. And <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. So um yeah that was that was super challenging going through that whole process of of the run but it made me think about okay I could do a lot more here and then I trained me and my friend Brad and he actually messaged me one day and said you've done a marathon yeah it's very good but uh anyone could do a marathon let's let's (laughs) go for 100k so we trained for six months for that and in July we'd done 100k the um what was it called the race to the stones which is awesome yeah you good where where Um, is that that is you know what I couldn't even tell you um, <laughs> i couldn't even tell you but it was it was a it was a it was a great event it was in the summer is it in uh, this country yeah yeah i'm trying to think of where it was from in the uk yeah uh, yeah but it was it was a fantastic it was that much of a blur and how different was that running good with- that I, off the back <laughs> of it i am um, i was thinking about what i can do next year and that's in we're talking about 2022 now and that's when i was like right i'm gonna do a marathon a month 12 marathons and i had my daughter within that period of time so there's loads of other challenges that i faced I'd actually say the 12 marathons were more challenging than the 100K. Yeah. The 100K, we really prepared right for it. But when I did the 12 marathons in 12 months, it was very much like, okay, I'm going to run once a month and that's all I'm going to do. So I get, I was poorly prepared. Really? Yeah. So I got back in, I lost so much weight for the 100K that I wanted to get back into strength training. I wanted to build some muscle back up. So when 2022 came around, I was like, I'm going to try and lift and run and do the two side by side um which was which was challenging obviously imagine 12 months of the year how many different weather conditions i went through my last one which you can actually view on youtube it snowed it was icy uh it was like it was like a blizzard and, you and with these all ma- these are marathons off your own back again just running out on your yeah own. yeah i'll tell you what happened teddy actually i i applied for the london marathon for a couple of years and i kept getting denied and i was i, I hated being that person where people would say well you should do the marathon it'd be great and i was like <laughs> Yeah, but I can't get in. I haven't got, they haven't accepted my application. I was like, right, instead of me saying that, I'm just going to actually go and just run it. So I got a, I got a Garmin yeah. and I just went and started running marathons and and um, that was it. How does that fit? Do you, is it harder than running in an event with people or easier? What, how do you assess that? It's definitely easier in an event. It's We recently run a summer games, an event here at the gym and people are lifting PBs and every single thing they do. It's because they've got the buzz, the energy. Yeah. You know, people around you meet even with the, the 100k it's not like a it's a it's an endurance event so the pace is very different you can hold and manage a conversation so you meet mm. other people you're speaking to different people you know most of these guys have done loads of 100ks before so you're getting little bit bits of advice off them and you know our furthest training run was 60k so we never got close to 100 
So mm. really interesting to find out people who'd run the course before, how they're finding things. But I definitely prefer doing it as part of an event because when it's just you, uh, you're in a place where, you know, you could start walking and no one knows. Yeah, You could go off <laughs> and not tell anyone that you didn't complete the run. But I didn't have that kind of mentality where I was going to do that. Um, but even in, in terms of like what I said at the start with the photo shoot, you learn so much about yourself running on your own for five hours straight. You know, you, you really do learn a lot. Pacing yourself is harder in a way, isn't it? You haven't got people as a reference point then. It's not, there's nothing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 indeed. It really was. So I had a few different routes that I like to take with a marathon. Um, some were like more road runs and some were more trail runs. Um, but it was great. It was awesome. Uh, but I don't think I'll be running for a little bit. Well, how do your joints hold, hold up? Are they sore the they knees? Were, they were okay. My, I've got a bit of a dodgy right knee, so that flared up now and again, but it's okay. Uh, now I'm strength training properly. Everything feels quite good. And now I'm, my next challenge is High Rocks in November. Have you heard of High Rocks before? No. Well, tell us about it. Oh, awesome. So High Rocks is an event that started in Germany and, and then the USA jumped on it. And now it's been brought over to probably every single city like Malaga, um, London, and they probably do about two or three in London across mm. the year. So we, we took 22 of our members. Yeah to high rocks in when was it at the beginning of may and essentially essentially it's a fitness event where there's uh let's say a thousand meter ski erg straight into a one kilometer run then into something more functional a one kilometer run something more functional uh, okay i think and i might have seen this i went to elevate fitness conference last week and i think there was something they had a kind of stand detailing thing events like that yeah yeah it's really taken off it's really taken off and what's great about it is any anyone can get involved with it. You know, we've got members here who would have never thought they could have ever done something like that. We've got members in their fifties who have done mm. that event. But you've also got athletes within in our training program who have gone there and done it on their own and smashed it. So whether you're looking at doing an individual, uh, a mixed pairs, or a relay, there's a little bit of something for everyone. And it is it's probably the biggest event in the world right now. Um, it's 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 really taken off. And you know what the Germans like? They're so <laughs> on it. That, yeah, the whole process and system there you go. It's like, how are they managing all these things? Has it got like wall, wall sits in it and stuff like that? Is that, is that stuff? No, it's, that... It's, no it's, so it's it's really awesome. You know, have you, did you watch the uh, the Last Dance? You know, the yes. Chicago Bull song? You know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. have that in the in the start line. So it's the, the whole production of it's awesome. So you have like <laughs> 50 people who go off, you have that music and then it's like go. And every 10 minutes or so, you have a new group of people going. So you're running and doing different events with, with people who are either super fit or, you know, um, just begun their fitness journey, different ages, sexes, abilities. It's great. And um, I got involved with a little bit of it in May, but me and JT, one of the coaches here at the gym, uh, we're actually competing as a doubles in November in London. Oh, nice. So, so it, is it more of an all-round fitness then? It's combining the cardio, the strength, power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you really need an all-round. So there's wall balls, there's sled pushes, so it's an interesting one. Even someone who's who's lighter, they will do really well at stuff like the running, the ski erg. But someone who's heavier is going to do great at things like the rower, the sled pull, mm. the sled push. Um, so you're trying to combine being, so, having a really good amount of endurance, endurance, but strength as well. Cool. So the weight's a finite amount. They're not adjusted according to your weight. So you, the sled push will be the same regardless of how heavy you yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. So males have, I believe it's 140 kilos yeah females are slightly lighter so even like the farmers carry you have a set weight you have to do yeah which is quite cool and and well the great thing about it is that if i was to do this next november it's the same course so you can try and get a better time each time if i was to fly out to malaga and do it it's the same yeah. course, it's the same distance and that's why i think it's become so popular is because people are reapplying and trying to do better than the last time which is great 
how are you training for it? You're doing though you're just mimicking it in training, doing the same. You know what? Exercises. So at the moment I'm just I'm strength training four times a week. I'm doing some conditioning twice a week. And JT's actually got a marathon in July. So once he's finished that, we're gonna buckle down and spend some time planning out what we're gonna do because um what I'm currently doing is good, but it needs to be a bit more specific for high reps. We've we've gone for a goal of sub 60 minutes, which is pretty quick. <laughs> we, we need to get our act together. Uh, and really, and it, I think when you do a doubles, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a game of what's our, what is the action plan? Like we're, we're working together on this, who's stronger at what and, uh, and analyze that and go, right. Because there's no, when you're doing a pairs, it can be, someone could do 800 meters on the rower. Someone could do 200 and that's she does oh, really the same. It could be strongest person does something a little bit more. Oh, uh, okay. Cool. So you can share the load, uh, which is great. So things that JT's stronger at, he'll probably do more of and things I'm stronger at, I'll probably do a little bit more of as well. Brilliant. What's what? Why are people better at certain things than others? Do you think it's genetics or is it training history? Because I always think about that. Because yeah. there's people just just Great going to the gym. I'm yeah. sure there's some science behind it. But <laughs> I would say it's a combination of genetics, mindset, history in terms of like sport, um, weightlifting, um, what they've kind of been into with weightlifting. Like JT's got a big background in CrossFit, so when he's on things like the rower, the skier, he's just whole technique and everything just is a bit more smooth and he doesn't mm -hmm. waste as much energy. Whereas I'm a bit more all gun, I'm going all guns blazing <laughs> and I'm burning out a lot quicker. So his engine is much better than mine. Um, but then, yeah, I definitely think genetics plays a role in it and, and lifestyle too. Yeah, I remember Lewis Moody, the former England rugby captain when he was at Leicester said that Manu Tuolangi came in, I think towards the end of Lewis's career and said that the kid had never lifted weights before but within like two weeks was lifting more than anyone else at the club it's just really yeah that just propensity and the things that there's something about the pacific islanders as well there seems to be a, a huge muscularity quite yeah, often yeah, absolutely i think diet plays a huge role in that too mm. yeah yeah diet it's, it's a big thing so you're doing all this stuff it sounds almost like the, the diary of a professional athlete but you're also running <laughs> running a you know business and you're, and you're and you're you're a, you're a dad as well because tell us about yeah. the, the overall business where it came from and, and your background yeah, so I started out in the health and fitness industry about what nine nine years ago now, and I became a one to one PT in a commercial gym. Done really well there, but it got to the stage where I wanted to be on a bit more of a journey and, and grow something bigger than you know. Did I want to be working at this gym for another five years? Not really. So for me, I was like, what can what can I do about this situation that I'm currently in, where I've got a great amount of clients, I love what I do, but I feel like there's a there's a there's a gap for doing something a bit more unique and community being a huge part of that community has been something I've always obsessed about. And that's why mm. got such a thriving culture here. And my dad actually came to me and said, Luke, there's an opportunity to take over the studio in Addiscombe. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, do you know what? Let's, let's give it a go. So I opened that up in 2017 uh, with about five clients um, who actually decided to come over with me and slowly, slowly just started to build from there. Um, that evolved into group training, boot camps, circuit classes, spin classes, and then six months before COVID, we started small group personal training, which is actually what we, we're mostly known for now. Mm. And that did really, really well. But when COVID happened, it was the best thing. I always say this, the best thing that ever happened to me because it allowed really? me to get my foot off the gas and look and go, where's the direction of the business going? Because uh, I was just on that hamster wheel of just, you know, waking up at four, going to bed at 10. And I was just delivering as many sessions as I could. And I know if there's anyone... Uh, any PTs out there who are doing well right now, they they can resonate with this. And you get to that stage where it's like, okay, am I going to do, is this sustainable? If I was to have a family, it, can I sustain this lifestyle? If I want to go on holiday, the business stops. It's not it's not really a mm. business. It, I, I, it's just, it revolves around me and I want to change that. 
So I was like, what do I need to change? The facility needs to change. I need to grow a team. I need to really dial down on what we're actually offering. And then just like out of pure like craziness, I was running past here one day and I found this church and I saw two churches side by side. And I was like, strange. <laughs> so you're in a church now, are you? Because it looks like a regular office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we converted a lot of it. It's, it. On the outside, it looks completely different to what it does inside. It's like... Yeah five star inside it looks about a two or three star on from the outside and um, yeah. we we've we've made it look awesome and it and it's a great facility so i actually just went on right, right move and and stumbled upon it and within a few months of viewing it um and putting some proposals into the church we got the keys converted it and now we're a team of 11 which is incredible so for those four years the early part of my career it was around just making loads of mistakes and and figuring out uh how i can make those mistakes and and turn them into you know, a benefit to us and and to the kind of business I wanted to create. So I wanted to create something much bigger than me. I wanted to have people come to the gym, not for Luke, but for T2Fit and the team around it. So um, that's been probably the most rewarding part of me building T2Fit for sure. So have you converted the church into a gym then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a gym. Awesome. We've got a functioning church next door. This was a nursery for 20 years, but they left just during COVID and they were, uh, it was a bit of a gem that we found it really. Uh, and we we took the keys, done it up within two months, and yeah, we 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 opened our doors in May. We had the Croydon Mayor come down and open it up for us. Oh wow! It was a great day. Oh, very nice, very nice. So it's sort of like it's kind of metaphor there, religion exercises a new religion, I guess. <laughs> That's why we say we don't open on a Sunday. That's our excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so you you got the gym, you got you got members at the gym, and, and then yeah. you've, you're also you're also training PTs, aren't you? You've got a kind of training business. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, as we spoke about off camera, actually, we, we were just talking about the your PT qualification and, you know, me and Cass, who um, Cass is our head coach here, really good friend of mine um, and our business partner. We we were chatting and, and just talking about the level of the standard in the industry. And there's some great PTs, um, but there are also some PTs that are coming out, getting a qualification and not having much clarity on where to go next and where mm. to make impact. So we really wanted to build a course that empowered people to come out of it and go this is what i want to do next and um a lot more human interaction which is something me and Cass both lacked and a lot of people we speak to it's very much online yeah we wanted to have something which was on a shorter time frame so our courses run for 12 weeks and it's very intense but it allows people to learn a lot better we found rather than um a 12 to 24 month yeah. period of time where there's not much accountability there's not much human interaction and there's not much community so it kind of comes back to t2fit again i guess it's that feeling of we wanted to create something that we call the alliance so it's eca the elite coaching alliance you're part of something with a group of like-minded people who are all on the same crusade as you are they're there to make an impact to serve people to improve people's health and fitness and have the three f's that we talk about which is finance fulfillment and freedom being mm. able to be in charge of your own time and um we're thankful enough to have had two cohorts now which have gone incredibly incredibly well and we've got our next one coming up on the 17th of september so lots going on um, but that's what keeps me kind of grounded and having things to to work towards and seeing other people, you know, having a qualification where I've been able to develop people's health and fitness and have a career out of it and also provide a, a platform for people to also have a career from it in terms of my team. But now being able to push that on to the next generation of personal trainers who are coming out of our course and being proud to say they studied with the ECA. But also as we grow um, within T2Fit, we can see the new PTs coming into the industry, who we might like to work with in the business. And that's a, that's another big part of why we started the ECA was so mm. that we pick the best PTs coming out of our courses and say, 
this might be a great person to have as part of C2Fit. We're looking to expand. Let's see if this person is interested. Yeah, I love the, I love the realism to it and the kind of real world aspect, the mentoring of it as well, because I think people think it, it's, it is a simple thing. But actually, for me, I've got the PT course, would like to use it part time, which goes against some of the standard models, because if you go to a commercial gym, you have to pay a ground rent of yeah. five or six hundred pounds, don't you? So actually doing PTing part time in that context is is very challenging. So it is actually quite there's quite a lot goes into figuring out your route into the, the business because it can yeah, be very absolutely. varied. Absolutely. And I think what, what we always what we always do when we ever onboard someone into our cohorts is find out very similar to when we get a new client on with T2 Fit. It's what are you doing this for? What do you want from this? Because mm. I don't think enough courses actually have that conversation. It's like, you want to get qualified, great, off you go. But there's not a challenging enough question to say, um, we we kind of bucket people into three. So someone who wants to do full-time, someone who wants to do it part-time, and somebody who's maybe potentially coming out of um, university or college and not sure what to do and want to go into um one-to-one -one personal training or group training and what we find is that as time goes on within our courses people start to get a new perspective and go i wanted to do this part-time but i actually think i'd love to do this full-time yeah and, and and that kind of vision changes which is awesome and um, because they get a feel of you know turning up to the gym every day and being in your in your gym clothes being able to help clients and have a good time it's a great feeling i know <laughs> when i was in an office job and i was wearing a suit it, i was like Ugh. I'd love to be on the gym floor and I'd love to be in that's my favorite part of the day was going to the gym. So what were you doing before? So I was in, I was, well, I was worked for my dad for a lot of years building on the building industry and, you know, imagine the cold months, you know, the yeah. months were challenging because it's hot and you're lugging things up ladders. So I did that. I also worked in a sales role, um, worked for my auntie and uncle and did that for, for about six months. Um, but I knew my passion lied with, um, going into the health and fitness industry because it all started with playing football and mm. uh, I wanted to become a professional football player and I talk about this in a podcast I did um, with T2 Fit, T2 Fit Talks that's the first episode and I spoke about how I left school with no qualifications because all I wanted to do was be a pro footballer and my attention was just going to that Is that Crystal and, Palace near you? Is it Croydon? Is that the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Palace is my, is my club and that the amount of dreams I've had Teddy coming out of Sellers Park you know, <laughs> thinking, thinking I was you know left back maybe in the changing room but uh coming uh -huh. out there and and playing for my country playing for crystal palace that was a big dream of mine but as i got into the latter part of my career playing for bromley town mm. i was like right, i need a plan b because if this doesn't work out what am i going to do so i got my qualification as a pt yeah. and, and then loved it and i started to play semi-pro alongside me working in the gym and one-to-one -one training with my clients but it just became too difficult to split the time and the focus and you know this it's like you need to kind of focus on one thing what do you want mm. to get really good at do you want to be a pro footballer which might not happen now or do you want to be a pt and have a really good career must have, must have been hard though to give up the football because that's still a good level isn't it you, 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 but you have to be yeah. fitness specific for football as well when you're doing that so that's yeah a, and, that, and that's why i think i didn't go as far as i i feel like i should have was because my body changed and i i was lifting too much i was <clears> getting too strong and I wasn't as quick and I loved the bodybuilding side of training and lifting weights rather yeah. than the functional side of getting fit. I wanted to have muscles, but I also wanted to play football and it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really go hand in hand. Uh, you know, so when I got to the latter part of the career and I was just thinking about giving it up, I just started, I just started to look and go, is this serving me anymore? Am I enjoying it? And most games, most training sessions, I just felt a bit deflated and I wasn't playing at the standard I felt I should be. So it wasn't as serious. 
And I just ended up going, you know what, I'm going to give this up and, and go all in on the PT. Kind of it's quite hard to sometimes realise in life that you've changed a bit, isn't it, as well? Because people on the outside would think that's a great gig playing semi-professional football, but almost yeah. internally you have to have that conversation with yourself. Is it is it right for me? Absolutely. And I've still got good friends now who play semi-pro, not to become a pro footballer, but because they love it. They love the, mm. the buzz of going to the game on a Saturday, playing, the competitive element, the social aspect afterwards, the tours. Um, I, I, I guess I missed elements of that, but... I much prefer my lifestyle now. Is that well, how much that team element, this sort of dressing room, have you tried to bring into the business? Because it feels like you've kind of tried to get that vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. I think just in terms of pushing people within the business, um, in terms of the team, my, my main focus now, obviously, the, the, the business does great, but my main focus is to to uh, mentor the team and, and really put them into positions and challenge them. And we have that kind of culture where we hold people accountable a story for example <laughs> i left my tupperware on the side the other day and yeah. that was a big thing that we take a picture we put it in the group chat and we we out them and <laughs> it's it's just things like that that little bit of banter like hard having a hard giving someone a hard time but know it comes from a good place yeah so, so standards yeah. yeah yeah absolutely rather than letting things slip because once you let things slip another thing slips and before you know it it's a chaos and it's trying to bring tupperware all over the place yeah the, uh... literally <laughs> or there's things in the sink that isn't washed up it's just i think that it, it, all those things are super important and it and it 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 really does breed um excellence and that's what we're striving for if we can't clean up a pot or a pan or put something in the bin how are we going to look after our clients when they what, ask us to do something you know what, what, what's your goal is there is there a philanthropy to it do you think that altruism that you, your overall arching driving kind of to, to get people better fitter healthier yeah I, I think just doing doing hard stuff Doing something yeah. difficult every day is is super important. Uh, whether that's a cold shower, um, attacking some difficult emails, having a hard conversation with somebody, a tough training session you hate doing but you know you got to do it. You know, I I do really think compounded over three hundred and sixty five days of the year, you're just a little bit stronger every year, year on year. You get a little bit stronger mentally, physically, and I think there's there's a lot to be said for doing something, doing the things you don't enjoy. Um, or doing some aspect of that every single day is really important. Yeah. And for you, is it the, the overall goal is to impact people, health and, and well-being in society? Because that feels like sometimes a bit of an uphill battle, doesn't it, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's so I guess it's a it's a it's a it's about for us now getting our reach a bit further than our current area. So we're in Coolsden. A lot of people in the Coolsden area know about what, us. What's Coolsden sort of South London? Yeah. South London, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're about uh 15 minutes from East Croydon. A lot of people would know where East Croydon yeah. is. Um, so a 15 minute drive from there, 20 minute training to London Bridge. And uh, when we look at our positioning right now, our biggest goal and, the, and a big reason why we started the podcast was to be more known around the country rather than being in this specific area. Because we want to have our messaging inspire more people to make a change and to do something. And I think what can go on on social media is you see all the good stuff and you see people in great shape, but you don't see maybe the challenging things that they're doing on a day to day. And I, and that's what we want to tr try and be transparent about is, you know, I had a call this morning with a gentleman and he wanted to join us. And I said, you know, this isn't going to be easy. I'll be honest. This is not <laughs> going to be easy for you, but it will be the best thing you ever did. Looking back in 90 days time, you're going to be like, this was the best decision I ever made. The only regret I have is that I didn't get it started sooner. And that's yeah. one of our biggest missions is to, you know, people are always a bit nervous starting a new journey. I would be if I was walking into a new gym. I'm a bit like, oh, what the people like, what the coach is like. But uh, our biggest mission is to have people come in 
and leave feeling a million times better than when they started their session. Um, you know, leave the stuff at the front door. Problems at home, problems at work, leave your phone at the front door. This is about you and and you being the best version of yourself. And that's what we try to unlock here at T2 Fear. And how do you fit it all into to your life at the moment as well? Because I guess your clients, you can understand if they've got busy lives, but you've got this, this business, you, you're now certified in training PTs. You've got clients yeah. coming in who, who want to be trained members of the public. And then you've got baby at home. You've got a girlfriend. Yeah. You've got these huge fitness challenges you set yourself. How do you go about approaching and tackling those? It's, it's, it's good for me. Let's put it that way. For a lot of people, they might say it's too much, but whenever I've tried to take my foot off the gas, it's, it's never really been something that's worked out well for me. I always no. need a little bit of chaos, a little bit of like controlled chaos in my life where <laughs> there's loads going on. There's something to look forward to because my worst nightmare is not having something that I'm striving for or trying to grow. So if mm -hmm. I suddenly said, you know, are we just going to, you know, continue working within T2 Fit and serve the same amount of people each month? There's no excitement. There's no like, there's no challenge. So having the ECA, having T2 Fit, trying to juggle that with family, social life, it's, it's, it's tough. But what I found is just trying to maximize the 24 hours that I have in my day. Building a yeah. team is a big one, having, having more people around me who can drive the business forward and not just solely rely on me, but also just being really proactive. So when I actually stepped off the gym floor about a year and a half ago, it was like building a new routine was difficult because I'd gone from having a whole structure of my day, 6am to 7am coaching, 7am to 8am coaching, to then build a new routine of, okay, where's my position and my role in this? Mm. And it took me a few weeks to really go, okay, I think I know what it is. I, I, I need to have the mindset of I'm the maker. I'm the one who looks at the strategy, the create to the creative element of, you know, where can this vision go? And now we have complete clarity over that. It's, it's awesome to be able to step away from the gym floor and see the coaching team deliver amazing sessions every hour, um, all through the morning into the evening. Do, do you miss it though? Sat there at the desk or doing the admin? No, I don't. I hate no. to say it. I don't because I, whenever I had gone back onto the gym floor, I always resented it slightly because I was like, although I love coaching or I mm. love people, it was taking me away from all the other jobs that I had going on. And it just took me a bit further back from progress. So it's time that I couldn't get back within, within those coaching sessions. And actually we've now got a coaching team who are much better than me. They're, <laughs> you know, they're, they're de developing their craft every single day. They're, they're improving, they're learning, they're gaining more knowledge. So for me now, where what's, what really gets me going um, and gets me excited is around seeing them thrive and think about the bigger vision. And um, yeah, I, I, I much prefer the role I'm in now than when I was on the gym floor, because for a lot of gym owners, who are out there, they're doing a bit of both. They're doing a bit of gym floor. They're doing a bit of managing the team, doing a bit of vision. But in five years time, I can guarantee they're probably around the same sort of areas they currently are right now. And mm. me step off the gym floor has, has really highlighted that to me massively. I love it. I love it, Luke. And how do you, where do you fit your training in now? Is it, you've got a rigid day day plan where you- Yeah, so I start at 4.30 in the morning um, and I'm done by half five, showered and changed, ready for 6 a.m. That's how my day starts. And then it just depends on the day. Like yesterday was a really busy day. I, I, I went home at six. That's a non-negotiable for me. I go home at 6 p.m. I bath my daughter. And last night was just on a weird, like, I don't normally do it, but I came back for 8 p.m., worked through to 11 p.m. because I just had loads Whoa. of stuff to do. But I, I don't normally do that. So this morning I laid in yeah. till 6 a.m. and I'll train later today. So I, yeah. I'm hard on myself with doing the 430s, but sometimes I'm like, I need to prioritize a bit more sleep because the last week's been carnage, yeah. Yeah. island and stuff like that. So 
Um, I don't put too much pressure on myself, but I definitely let people know what I'm going to be doing. And I, I said this to JT and M, two of our coaches here. I said, if you don't see me here at 4.30 in the morning, you know what I have slept, overslept my alarm. And it's, just, <laughs> it's just putting out those little things where yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of pressure on yourself. You know, but, you, but you feel like it's that flexibility sometimes, isn't it? You, have, you need the rigid structure, but then a little bit of flexibility to to not kill yourself. In the, yeah, you know, because then it comes, becomes counterproductive and you're not productive and you're feeling tired, grouchy. You you don't don't train very well. You pick up a niggle. You're not as you're not getting a task done in 15, 15 minutes. You're getting it done in fifty minutes, and that's what it kind of boils down to. So I'm really conscious. I'm I'm quite self aware of how I feel and if I need to take my foot off the gas a little bit and say, right, let's go out for a dinner tonight. Let's chill. I'm gonna just not do anything this afternoon, or I'm just gonna spend some time with my daughter. But um, that's kind of how I gauge it, and it's worked quite well for me. Good for you. Final thought. What do you think people should do generally for, for fitness to be well, to be happy? What Any kind of pillars? Yeah, I think lift weights, um, eat well, sleep well, and just do something a little bit uncomfortable every single day. Even if that means, you know, you doing a cold shower, even, like I said earlier, doing an email that you don't feel comfortable doing if you've been procrastinating over because you don't want to <laughs> yeah. email to someone. In email your, your boss. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, th there's there's so so much now on social media that although there is a lot of uh, confusion around what's the right thing, what's the wrong thing. I do think there's a lot of people who have come to the forefront who have got um, an exceptional knowledge in health and fitness who you can listen to and pick up a little nugget from and start to add that into your routine. So mm. Huberman being a hu huge one on YouTube, he has some great stuff. Yeah, uh, Listening to Joe Rogan, listening to different perspectives on that is, is great. And I think although there is some negatives out there of what people can see, there's a lot that we can take, which is very positive that can push us that little bit further forward um, and get us closer to where we want to get to. You said eat well. Do you general, any general themes on what, what eat well looks like? Yeah. I Again, I think you've got to figure out what works for you. Try things. Right now, the way I'm currently working is I stay pretty fasted till about 11. I haven't eaten yet. I've just had a black coffee. Wow. And then I'll have loads of fruit. I'll generally have three meals. Um, they'll consist of, consist of maybe a protein shake, um, oats, eggs, uh, it might be like I've started yeah. working with Simmer, who is a meal prep company just for okay. convenience. So they prep all my meals and I just grab that microwave. So organic food, is that you believe in that or how do you? I do it? believe in it. I don't do it. I, I'll yeah. be honest right now where I'm at. <laughs> I, I like to have, even in terms of what I've got to wear, I don't like to think about what I've got to wear, what I've got to eat. I just want fuel. So hmm. um, I'm very much like uh, that's what that works for me and it feels really good. But other people might say I couldn't fast till 12 p.m. That's crazy. So if you feel like that, then definitely eat. But for me, I quite like feeling energized and I feel like I've got a buzz when I haven't got as much food in me. And your brain, feel, brain feels show. better. Say again? Your brain feels better, clearer. Yeah, feel, feel clearer. Um, and I know a lot of people, maybe even listening to this right now, can resonate with just a bit of, you know, when they have some carbs, they can feel quite sluggish and getting going again can be difficult. So um, yeah, I, I kind of tend to push those back towards the latter part of my day and it's and it's worked for me and I feel great for it. Hey man, well, I'll let you go because I know you're really busy. You made me feel really lazy in this conversation, but inspired as well. It's it's been really cool. Where do people follow you and, and chart the next next part of the journey? Yeah, so if anyone wants to follow me, um, you can go to Instagram Luke A Turn, and you can follow me there. You can also go to my Instagram and uh, YouTube, sorry, and uh, subscribe to the channel Luke A Turner, I believe that is. And then obviously you can find us at T2 Fit and ECA on Instagram. You can just type those guys in. But Teddy, thank you so much for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for being here. It's been, it's been awesome. We'll, we'll catch up soon. And I'll keep keep following the journey as well and the next challenges yeah. and the next growth of the business and where you go. I appreciate it. Thank you, mate.
There you have it, Luke Turner. Very impressive, isn't it? Sheer uh, energy, <laughs> enthusiasm of uh, of the man to get up at four thirty, power through all those business projects, all those personal fitness challenges as well, and that transformation. As I say, quite remarkable. You can see that on his YouTube page as well. But interesting there that he didn't feel good, didn't feel healthy, and it raises that question, doesn't it? What is healthy? Because the most spectacularly visual, impressive feats that we see online in regards fitness and muscularity in the male space, particularly is that it's uh, not necessarily the healthiest lifestyle. Don't feel that good to be like that. Maybe not the best for your health as well. As you uh, really uh, boil down that body fat percentage, there is such a thing as uh, too little body fat. So really cool to get his uh, rounded perspective. And I'll put in the notes there, the various links to his YouTube, et cetera, Instagram, and do follow Luke's uh, journey. Prodigious man as well. Really impressive for a young dad as well. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please rate it on Spotify, iTunes, whatever you like. And Here's an idea as well. If you want to comment, write a review, that we really appreciate it on whatever platform you're listening to. And also maybe mention, would you like a kind of email bulletin? Because as a, a personal trainer and sports journalist and all the things that I do, I think there's some interesting anecdotes and updates and things that I read or listen to that maybe would be useful for other people as well. If you're into your health and fitness or sport, whatever it might be, then uh, do let me know on those reviews. And I'll bear that in mind. Maybe firing out a bulletin will require emails, et cetera. But that'd be something cool perhaps to add to the podcast. If you uh, would like to tell a friend, that'd be great as well. Part, spread the message. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, remember the association the podcast has with Cytoplan at C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, cytoplan.co.uk. The discount code at checkout is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, numerals one zero and the capital letter R. The Herring Shoes discount as well. If you're looking for some fancy loafers or brogues, British made, wonderful company. You can go to herringshoes.co.uk and get 10% off with TED10, T-E-D-1-0. And remember that idea, maybe wanting to document a loved one's voice, their story, their personality, really, to connect the generations, whether it's an older person, connect them with the younger people, up and coming, younger people yet to be born. And maybe look at the idea that we've worked on since lockdown, my wife and I, my wife, Carla, Attic Box Audio. And you can get there either atticboxaudio.co.uk directly or go via our main hub, drapermedia.co.uk, which also tells you a little bit more about what we do. And there's some blogs on there from myself and others. Thank you for listening, first and foremost and mainly. And I'll speak to you again soon. Have a good week. I'm moving this week. So hopefully the audio maybe isn't too bad for you. It's a little bit different between Wi-Fi's, et cetera. So hopefully it's, uh, it's come out okay. But thank you for listening and goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.